0: People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu from Blue Wire Podcasts. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome to the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We're coming in to talk about a 22 17 Browns win. Hopefully, you're listening to this on your Victory Monday, whenever your Victory Monday starts. Some folks could be later than others, but nonetheless, a really, really fun uh game sunday right i mean i always record these late at night it's past midnight and uh it's just an enjoyable thing to sit here and say listen man you know what you can argue that the level of competition sometimes whatever but you know the team seven and three and and you you can't argue that and the browns haven't been you know they haven't been seven and three since 1994 it could be before that some of you guys like myself who i'm going to be 32 in the next few months i was in seventh grade the last time they made the playoffs i was in in uh um, a senior in high school in 2007 when they went, you know, 10 and 6. It's it's a rare thing, and it's it's something that we should all be excited about, right, and thankful for and, and, and happy how all of this is playing out right now. And and it's rare, and it kind of sucks that the fans can't pack the house the way, you know, the way Cleveland would be packing the house in these games. But at the same time, man, it's it's a rare situation where your team finds its way to these 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 levels of success in Cleveland, and, and you should be enjoying every second of it. So, I hope you are. Uh, it's it was a it was a twenty two seventeen win that uh, after the Browns took took the lead there, 10-7, get a safety. It felt it felt in, in in secure hands for a large portion of the fourth quarter. wasn't I guess wasn't all too stressful. So for the day, we'll go over numbers. Baker Mayfield twelve of 204 through the air, no touchdowns, no interceptions missed some touchdowns on that first drive it was a second drive actually where he had hit Rashard Higgins on that deep post off play action which I broke down if you haven't had a chance check out the Browns first down play action uh, information I just put out on the OBR tonight in an article Um, but anyway 12-22-204 misses an opportunity for a touchdown get over it it's kind of unfortunate because you know they didn't they didn't score there you know you can argue about getting into the gun in that situation fourth and one and I don't know where Nick Chubb was. Nick Chubb could have been on the bench with the contact lens issue. I'm not sure what the actual true story there is. But there's also plenty of data out there, too, that says that uh, Kareem Hunt is the better goal line back at finding a way to get in more consistently in goal line situations. There's there's data out there about that. I don't have it in front of me. But I know I've seen a Nick Chubb. And listen, I'm not. I'm just kind of speaking offhand here. But you know Nick Chubb, very technical back, doesn't like to put himself in situations where he could fumble a lot. Not a big reach out for the pylon guy. I think some of that matters now ironically enough Kareem Hunt doesn't get in because he doesn't reach out for the or for the goal line as as you needed him to in that situation which is you know a little bit unfortunate uh, in in retrospect because I think he thought he was a little further along than he was but nonetheless they don't score there for the Browns fortune's sake that it does not come back to bite them uh, for the game weird game for Kareem he only runs 13 times or he runs 13 times only gains 11 yards so pretty clearly uh, Nick Chubb is the the one that impacts the run game most heavily of a lot of discussions before this uh before this game about just how valuable Nick Chubb is as a runner, and I think it's pretty obvious from what we saw. Now Kareem scores on a nice vertical leaping touchdown, but you know, with this offensive structure and how they're running wide zone, I think Nick is so valuable. His ability to, like I continue to say, whether it's interviews or this podcast or whatever, to see two beats ahead, you know, two steps ahead, it feels like he knows where he's gonna end up eventually going, cut back. You know, bounce it or hit the crease that is available, he's uh, he's just so technically savvy, man. He runs 20 times for 114 yards. Unfortunately, he didn't score on that long 54-yard run. Just a fantastic run. Stiff arm, running away from people, erasing angles, some broken tackles there at the end. One of the more fun runs I've ever seen Nick Chubb have, and he's had a ton of really fun runs. Just the full display of the runner that he is. And he closes out the fourth quarter really strong um, between, like I said, the third and fourth quarter. I think he had a majority. Over 75% of his yards came in the third and fourth quarter. So that was great. Because the Browns did not run the ball well in the first half. I think they only had 25 first half rushing yards. So uh, Philly, listen, going into this game, Philly, and I think our our, our guest, Mike Kay talked about this, a little misleading in the data in their run game. They'd given up over 110 yards each of the past five weeks. But some of that came quarterback runs like Daniel Jones accounted for a, a large number of quarterback run rushing yards. in their two matchups with the Giants. And then... Um, you know, Lamar accounted for a significant portion of, of Baltimore's. And then Raymond McLeod, when they played Pittsburgh, had a couple long reverse runs. He had 60-plus yards rushing for them, a wide receiver. So misleading data. They, they defend the run really well. So for the Browns to get up over 100, and especially for Chubb to get up over 100 uh, to reach 114 mark was was really a good was i think a pretty good outcome for the day especially when i didn't think the offensive line blocked all too well i thought they were leaky thought they missed some things on the back side we'll go through it and break it down when we do our all 22 notes but i think that there were just some little minor breakdowns on too many plays way more inconsistent than we've traditionally seen and that brings you to your next point because we're still talking offense here as we look at what the browns did offensive output wise three for 73 Kadero hodge uh, three catches for 65 for Rashard Higgins, three for 33 for Hooper, Jarvis Landry, two for 23, Cream Creamhut one catch for 10 yards, that rounds out uh, all, all participants in the passing game. David Njoko was the only other player to receive a target, he dropped that first throw uh, up the seam. Interesting to come out in driving rain to come out and empty and throw up the seam like that, it almost led to an interception, Either neither here nor there, but talking about what, what the Browns are doing when they're too predictable, they're running a lot of heavy sets, and listen, that's fine uh, to an extent. But they have to be more diverse in their their early-down play choice. That's whether you're getting in gun and you're breaking the mold and, and handing it all from the gun, or whether you're you're in heavy personnel and you're passing more consistently on first down through play action, or even straight drop back, seven-step, five-step, seven-step, drop back from under center, they have to diversify how they go about play calling between run and pass. So I wrote about last week how they gain an advantage with shifting the line strength by by a little bit of motion when they went three tight end sets, they're, they're, they're still too predictable first down. Now, I thought they were far less effective on second down because some games I think that they've been really bad on first down and their second down play calling and second down efforts have gotten them out of a lot of ugly situations. They did not have a great level of success in second down in this game. But first down, what was bothering me is that how effective they are throwing the football and play action. you look at the browns play action rates at the bottom of the nfl for first down uh expected pass percentage and especially play action they're not doing it enough i wrote about it again i just posted it tonight they're four for four for 112 of their 187 total team passing yards now baker throws for 204 but there's sacks that come into that off of their their passing attack too so a large portion are coming on first downs. They were so efficient that a 43-yard catch, a 42-yard catch, an 18-yard catch, and a 9-yard catch, all on first down play action. That's only four they ran. All four were completed. All, all four of them account for 60% of your passing yards. So do more of it. There's nothing that says you can't run seven, eight, nine first first down play action schemes. The Eagles were clearly loading the box just as the Texans were the week before, just as the Raiders were two weeks prior to that before the bye teams know the weather's ugly they're going to load the box now they're finally maybe going to get a game without rain in Jacksonville next Sunday and maybe we see that diversification come into play and maybe Kevin Stefanski look I'm going to write about body blows and this team producing fourth quarter running output that is pretty crazy as they close some of these games out maybe a large part of his his thing is hey man we're gonna we're gonna deal with the the lumps early we're gonna wear teams out and we're gonna push them over the, the 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 edge by the late third quarter, and we're going to close the fourth quarter out strong. There could be some merit to that, uh, but but they're they're walking a fine line in their early game situations, like the Texans game. If they don't complete that third and eighteen, they're still looking at a three nothing game where at any moment it's a one possession swing, and they're they're forced to the other side of the pendulum. Like they're just they're being, in my opinion, too predictable and early down run pass decisions. I think they have to improve where they're best, and where they're best is play action early downs where they can take advantage of teams who are afraid of of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and, and what they present as as a tandem and what this offensive line can do when, when they really get rolling. I think you have to be able to keep teams on their heels. I thought they did a better job of it into the second half, and I thought that loosened things up a little bit, and that's why I thought they ran the football well. Late third, early fourth quarter. So that's just my opinion. Look, it's not the end of the world. I still need to see more screen passes. They're not even going to sniff the number of screen passes Kirk Cousins threw last year unless they just bombard this stuff in the second quarter. Uh, you know these last what do they have six games left? I, I don't even know. Just thinking offhand, they got to really overload it. They won't. They may. They may be lucky to get to thirty. Cousins got to, fi- to the fifties last year, and Baker was in the seventies. So I don't know. I don't see them getting there, but I do need to see them make it a little bit more part of what they do because they have linemen that move well in space. So what I'm getting at is, yes, the offense has only scored two touchdowns in the last twelve, uh, yeah, twelve quarters, but they're they're finding ways to win. And maybe the offensive spark is coming. We have not seen a game where Baker, Chubb, and Miles are all elite at the same time. Maybe that's coming. We've seen them individually do it. Maybe that is still out there to come, and that's when this game puts together its best game. Maybe that comes against Baltimore, Pittsburgh, some of these teams that they need to prove that they can play with, Tennessee coming up, whoever. There's still that element missing where they don't have everybody elite. And maybe they can get away and listen, there's always... Prisoner of the moment stuff here. Maybe they can get away from playing in these these rough weather games and uh, improve themselves, uh, capable in games that are a little bit more neutral. And I'm talk not talking cold. They can deal with cold, but like the ridiculous wind, the the wetness, the the, the whether it's the hail or whatever they saw three weeks ago in Oakland or sorry Las Vegas, or whether it's. Um, you know, whether it's rain or, or ridiculously ridiculously high winds, they need a little bit more balance in this stuff. So maybe they get it in the next two weeks between Tennessee and uh, and Jacksonville, uh, and especially with Jacksonville coming up. So we'll see if that shakes out. Before we switch to the other side of the football, uh, I do want to talk to you about the folks that, indeed, as they talk about how to reshape your business in 2020 with the most efficient and uh, and crucial, really the crucial thing is is how you hire. Into the new year. I know every job that I've gotten has been through Indeed uh, leading up to covering football. Uh, It's the number one job site out there, very user friendly, and it's even better if you can get your job post out there for candidates to see. And that's the big part that sets Indeed apart, uh, especially according to ComScore, where they have uh, the number one job site in the world according to that website. That is Indeed for helping people find jobs and finding that right match for the right position at your company. They help you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. So Indeed has a new way of matching you with candidates instantly that delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so that you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that you can move as fast as you do. And they have the uh, credit that they're offering a free $75 credit to boost your job which means quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast to so try indeed out with the $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire it's the best offer available anywhere right now folks go to indeed.com slash blue wire take advantage of it offer it's valid through December 31st terms and conditions do apply so listen the Browns defense is tough we talk about evaluating Baker Mayfield often and I just want to Leave Baker out there because we're going to cover him Tuesday night. We're finally going to get back on the YouTube channel because the computer's back rocking and rolling. Shouts out to Apple for getting it a little quicker than I thought it was going to get here. Um, Didn't know when it was going to arrive when it shipped off and it didn't get there for a week. That's not Apple's fault. It was there, returned back quickly, clicking like old. Um, But anyway, the defense, we talk about Baker and, and evaluating him. How do you evaluate this defense? Because, you know, they certainly have been aided by. Uh, the, the weather lately right like the weather has allowed them to to make things difficult on throwing the football keeping foot you know keeping footing um all of those those elements Browns offense is dealing with the defense is taking advantage of and listen there's they're dealing with the same elements the other side's dealing with and they're 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 playing well they're kind of scratching clawing fighting uh sucks to have lost ronnie harrison for for the rest of the game today i think there's some positive vibes about what his mri will look ba- look like when it comes back but uh, what they did today is what they've done all year that, is, that has helped them be relatively successful, which is create turnovers, right? They create three turnovers, a clutch fumble inside the five-yard line on the first drive uh, that the that the Eagles marched down the field on. I was worried because I think in the first half they gave up 96 rushing yards pretty quickly. They luckily got out in front and eventually only gave up 106 yards rushing because they were, they were playing from in front. But they created turnovers, obviously, the talkie-talkie. Um, interception return that Denzel creates with the backside hit on the, on the corner blitz, uh, you know, generates seven points that end up being a a part of the difference in this game, obviously. And then a nice Denzel play down on the goal line too, is he, he deserves that interception. He's been, he's been playing pretty good football this year. So good to see. I mean, for the day they give up 315 yards, but, and that's only a 4.4.8 yards per 10, but the the big difference is this, right? You got to be pesky. You got to get off the field on third downs the two weeks before the Texans game. Between Las Vegas, Cincinnati. They didn't they only forced one punt. They couldn't get off the field in third and fourth down, third and fourth downs. Today, two of twelve for Philly. That's a big difference in the game. You force them to punt. Let's check the data here. Well, they punted a ton. We're gonna say, let's say, kick returns. I'm looking at this fancy website. Six punts. You win football games forcing six punts. You force a, a field goal attempt, right? And and that's that's In my opinion, that's how you win games with this defense. Can they create some turnovers, and can they force the other team to have to punt the football multiple times in the game? They did that. Again, run defense a little leaky early on, especially being able to fight power counter stuff out of the gun. I was a little disappointed in that. But they pressured Carson Wentz. Olivier Vernon, shouts out to Olivier Vernon with his best game as a Brown. Three sacks, one of which results in a safety. Adrian Claiborne gets a sack and a half. He splits that sack with Larry Ogunjobi. Who I thought in the last two weeks now, Larry's played a little bit better. And um, listen, it was just a great. I t- I talked to uh, Brown's mock draft, a great friend of ours here at the OBR, great writer for us. Sometimes when 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 like the situation arrives where Miles gets gets uh, declared out for the game and the disrespect starts flowing in and everyone starts paying, they read that stuff, man. Like they know it too. People are continuously doubting them. And they take that to heart too. So the coin flips, and they say, "Nah, man, we're gonna go out and prove our worth." And they did that, especially Olivier. And they they generated pressure all over. I thought there was a off of the off of the first possession. Sorry, the second possession. Brown had Browns had down to the one yard line. There was a pressure from Porter Gustin that I thought they missed a hold in the end zone. That they completed an 18-yard catch to Jalen Rager. I thought there was a hole in the end zone before Wentz got that football thrown, but it wasn't called. Like What I'm getting at is they were they were creating pressures all over. First watch, having gone through the defense again, but I thought their interior guys, I thought Larry Ogunjobi played okay. I certainly thought there were some snaps where I noticed Jordan Elliott. We'll see what the grades look like. We'll see when we get the All-22 what that ends up eventually looking like. But I was encouraged by uh, the overall ability to pressure the quarterback. And, and, and really, I should say too, uh to to maintain the ability to keep rush Lanes so that the wins couldn't really be a huge factor in the run game three carries for ten yards, which was promising uh promising to me did struggle with Dallas Goddard and richard rogers who who uh who went who went for forty eight yards on two catches and a touchdown both the tight ends end up with touchdowns It's just a pesky thing with the browns for like a decade now is covering tight ends i I don't know man it's they they got a f- <laughs> They just have to figure it out. It's really an annoying thing that's been going on for too long. Is how, how damaging tight ends can be. In between, like, Darren Waller, the, the Colts have three or four effective tight ends, uh, Travis Kelsey, Ebron, Mark Andrews. There's good tight ends all across the AFC. And if they're going to compete in the level we think they're going to eventually compete in, uh, they can't. They cannot just get get baked by tight ends, man. It's really. Really frustrating to watch. So hopefully that rectifies itself. Sendejo, love him, hate him. Every year there's a Brown safety that people want to hate. You know, last year it was uh oh what's his name Whitehead, who who, who attacked people social media. It was uh Peppers the years before that who people just wanted to go at all the time. And you know Peppers is obviously a significantly better player than those two. But Sendejo catches the the hate of a lot of people in this fan base. He had a really dumb. A necessary roughness penalty for no reason, but he ends up with six tackles to lead the team uh, defensively in that department. The five for Olivia, if you include his three sacks, four for Terrence Mitchell, four for Malcolm Smith, four for B.J. Goodson. And again, I didn't, I didn't notice much of Malcolm Smith. I didn't notice much of B.J. Goodson, which is probably a good thing. Those two just keep being stellar veteran additions uh, to this defense, which is which is good to see. So uh, I, I got to watch the film. You know how I do this. I try to give you some immediate feedback to this whole thing right away um, because I like to just kind of vent about the game and then I come back later in the week and try to give you any anything I've noticed I will share this statistic with you uh, that Nick Chubb entered the day uh, facing eight plus guys and this is from Robert Mays on Twitter so Nick Chubb enters today facing eight guys in the box on 32.61 percent of snaps that's the fifth highest eight man in the box rate in the NFL He's number one in rushing yards over expectations on those plays, which tells you he's creating those things on his own, right? He's, he's number one in yards over expect, expectation based on what the data tells you you should get on a play. And he's number one in yards after contact per rush at 4.41. So uh, in his opinion, Robert Mays says for my money, the best pure runner in the NFL. Hard to disagree with that sentiment. Um, but listen, this is a fun game, man. This is, this is them beating... Mainstream teams they never beat Philadelphia since they've come back in 1999. So finally they have beat every team in the league since their return. Funny to to say out loud, kind of sad at the same time, but they did it right. This is not 2014. They have a favorable schedule at the end of the year, not an overly difficult one. This game against Jacksonville has lost nine in a row. Now this game with, with the two New York teams that are out there, a Tennessee team that is certainly fallible. They're ahead of the Baltimore Ravens who will come in, I think on Monday night football uh, I think that game will be on Monday Night football there's listen there's a serious opportunity for these guys to push Oakland lost sorry that's two times on this podcast Las Vegas lost putting them at six and four Miami lost six and four Unfortunately the Colts won, but they do have the tiebreaker over the Colts if it comes to that and we'll see how they handle uh, the Titans to see if they have the tiebreaker there when the time comes. The good thing is this there's there's six weeks left in the season, right and maybe seven. Am I losing my mind? Maybe five. I don't know. It's like 1245 at night. Cut me a break. They have a chance to capitalize on the year by doing what they need to do. No help from anybody else. They're not in the hunt at at three and, and five and and or four and six and they have an outs. No, they control their destiny right now. They're firmly in the fifth wildcard spot of seven. And um that's exciting. You should feel pumped about that. I hope you jump on the OBR and read all of the content and the breakdowns that we have. Uh, we already have some up. We'll have more tomorrow. We'll have the Baker Mayfield YouTube analysis again back on Tuesday night. If you can join us, that would be great. We appreciate all of that stuff. And don't forget to use our sponsors at betonline.ag. They, listen, I, I put in a parlay yesterday, The one of the the worst beats of all time. Had a four-game college football parlay yesterday. Had everything covered. The Hoosiers covered their large spread. They had Vanderbilt covering their large spread. Had uh, Iowa State covering their minus 13, blowing out. Um, Who'd they blow out? They blew out Kansas State. I know you're here for this podcast. You're listening to this still. You're, you're, You're desperate. I had Cincinnati, man, minus five and a half. No, minus four and a half. They're up three. They're driving with like a minute and a half left. They have a running back break out of the 5-yard line breaks it down, easy walk and touchdown, falls down, doesn't score. All of a sudden, they realize they don't have enough t- they don't, the other team has one timeout left, UCF has a timeout left. They can't actually run the clock all the way out. They try to score a couple more times and don't end up botching the fourth the fourth the fourth down snap to run out clock or score. I've never been as one of the worst beats I've ever seen in my entire life. You should feel bad for me. If you're listening to this, let me know. Tweet me and tell me how stupid I am for, A, bringing this up. But but go back and watch the end of that Cincinnati game, man. Those was one of the all-time bad beats. Cost me hundreds of dollars. Uh, take it out of my, my son's college fund. Whatever. No big deal. Frustrated about it. But betonline.ag is who I go to use. Uh, they think they have great lines. They have prop bets that you can take advantage of. Did a four-team tease today in the NFL. You can do futures, all of it. You know, and, and the NFL uh, makes it really fun right now. College football makes it fun too, and and all of a sudden the MLB and uh, NBA will be back before we know it. So go there and use uh, the the promo code Blue Wire when you sign up. BetOnline.ag that's all one word, Blue Wire. You'll get a nice welcome bonus. So again, go to BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Enjoy your Victory Monday, folks. Uh, I appreciate you taking your time listening to this podcast on your Monday. Stay safe. The holidays are coming up, man. I'll try to get the preview pot out by Wednesday. We'll see what happens. Um, but listen, stay safe. Enjoy the time with the immediate family you have. If you're getting together with with larger groups of people, do the necessary precautions that you can do to help us. It's not about you. It's about helping the person next door. Whatever, whatever, man. Think about other people. But I hope you enjoy the time with your family and your loved ones. Stay safe. God bless. And uh, until, we, until we talk... Uh, Next time when the Browns travel to Jacksonville, go Browns.